0: So, yesterday I went home and uh, tried to listen to some of the news, listen to the governor of Texas talk and the governor of Connecticut talk and the president talk and the vice president talk, and I just became extremely anxious, Uh, had all kinds of anxiety. Even to the point, Nancy was trying to talk to me last night. I couldn't even stand to hear her talk. She was just driving me crazy because I was so anxious. So I went to bed pretty early and was asking the Lord, you know, what was going on? What's the deal there? And I got up this morning and he really began to reveal to me. So I want to talk to you about a, a couple of elements of the principles of the kingdom of God. I don't... I don't know how we rank all these there's several principles there but I don't know how we rank them these are two of the most important to me I think Uh, I don't know that I don't know where they're in the top ten or how you do that but they're they're principles that are very important and they are the principle of authority and the principle of the love of the truth now we know authority in uh, Matthew 8, when Christ encounters a centurion, if you remember a Centurion is concerned about the child that's at home and Jesus, will I'll go?" And he said, "No, you don't need to go. I'm a man who's both in authority and under authority, and I know how this works. And Christ attributed it. He told the disciples, he said, "Not in all of Israel have I seen faith as great as this." And he correlated the centurion's understanding of authority with uh, their faith, and so I know faith. I know authority, and our understanding of authority is has a great deal to do with our faith, and it's a very big thing in the kingdom of God. The other one is the love of the truth. <clears throat> Thessalonians say, Second Thessalonians says that we will perish because we have not received the love of the truth. There's an element of a thing called the love of the truth that if we don't receive it, we'll perish. And that was, this morning what I realized was, you pick your theory, you pick your agenda, you pick whatever thing you wanna believe about what's going on right now, and we can find evidence to support that. I sat there and listened to one governor talk and he he's leaning one way and he has the the scientist who will say that, that and support what he's saying. The president's saying something else, and he's got his scientists that'll give him evidence to do that. Connecticut governor's all the way on the other end and he's got his scientists who'll say that. <clears throat> and what I realized in, in the midst of all that chaos, there's not a pure love of the truth. Elements of what they're saying may be true. Uh, there may be half-truths, if if that's the truth, <laughs> partially true things. I don't know that, that I'd even consider those true. But there may be facts, uh, some degree of facts, but there's a lot of individuals on agenda. And the, scripture that came to my mind was that we cannot lean not on our own understanding. We can't. This is not a time. We have entered a a period. We've been talking for six months now, well, longer than eight months now, about preparing ourselves to carry the glory of God that Jesus Christ left here uh, as he returned to heaven to to take up the glory he had had with God previously. He left the glory that God gave him while he was here on earth to us to carry. And we've been talking about uh, preparing ourselves to carry that glory. One of the elements that is going to be required is that we crank up our discernment so that we lean not on our own understanding, that we look to get understanding and wisdom and counsel and knowledge from the Lord. It's part of the seven spirits of God. Fear of the Lord, uh, knowledge, counsel, power, wisdom, understanding, and lordship are the seven spirits of God that we're all seeking. But we, today, we can't lean on our understanding or the understanding of science because basically and we've talked about this before our science community as much benefit as we've gained from it in science you put forth a a hypothesis you say i I told the guys earlier today one that we're going to prove that this guy is the smartest guy in the world so we go out and we gather all the data that supports that And if we run into any data that denies it, we just throw that out. We ignore it. And we focus on whatever we need to prove our point. Well, this is the ways of man today. Whatever agenda we have, whatever it is that we want to believe, they're gathering all the facts to support that and putting it beside it. And anything that would disprove it, they just throw it to the side. So you as the children of God, You as the sons of God who are to be walking in peace, it is absolutely critical that your understanding and your discernment, your love of the truth, comes from your Father in heaven. First off, you have to declare that you love the truth, and you really have to want to know the truth. But beyond that, you have to trust that the Holy Spirit will give you, there's a gift of the Spirit called the discerning of spirits, but, the, but there is a gift called discernment, where you can discern between what's true and what's not. That in your spirit, these things will register or you'll reject them immediately. And, and what the, I think my anxiety yesterday was the absolute absence of the knowledge of God, or the absence of God in their knowledge, and the absence of the love of the truth in the things I was hearing as I was trying to find out stuff. No matter where I went, what channel I turned to, who I was listening to, I couldn't find truth. I could not. There was no truth there. So I finally had to settle in to just sitting down and talking to the Lord and say, show me what's true here. Let me understand what's true. And so moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, but moment by moment, we all are going to have to inquire of the Lord. What is it you would have me do here? What is true here? What's not true? Which way am I to go? Turn my head to the right, turn my head to the left. Let your Holy Spirit guide and direct me in all that I'm doing because the world is becoming more and more chaotic in the midst of this. We have... uh, after seven, eight weeks, we've been doing this now, I guess, or seven weeks, something like that. <clears throat> and everybody was kind of headed in one direction. You know, now we got people with guns and <laughs> knives and everything else storming capital settings. Half the world wants to be released. The other half thinks it's way too soon. <clears throat> and as I've told you before, you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. But I mean, even to find out what's true. We are hearing some of the craziest things concerning this virus now and concerning events in the world that you, in, in order to have peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, this discernment of the Spirit is going to be critical for you to be able to sort through those things that are factual and true and those things that have nothing to do with God that are just rantings of mankind. So let me just say to you, in your your petition of God, not only for yourself, but for people around you, but I would say for our leaders, pray that the Holy Spirit will have an outpouring, not only of wisdom and revelation, but of a desire, a passion uh, of loving the truth and that discernment might be upon uh, the people of the globe that will begin to discern the things of God and acknowledge his presence in all the things we do so that we'll know uh, for sure which way we should go, which path we should go down. And we won't be troubled or anxious or uh, deceived in what's going on. Okay? Okay. Thoughts? Anything the Lord's showing any of y'all? Questions? Comments? Those of us who are doing this Daily Walk Bible were coming back to the, the rebuilding of the wall around the Holy City. I want you, and that one of the things they noted there was that one of the senses of motivation was that Uh, both for protection but also for a demonstration of God was, they built the wall outside their own home. Well, you guys, guys and ladies, are the city of God now. You are the dwelling place of God. And the wall that you are building is that presentation of God in the earth today. And this discernment will help you with your presentation of the living God and carrying his glory. You are intended to carry that glory. The world needs to see it. God is giving you an opportunity to put it on display. This this is a <clears throat> this is a necessary two things. Understanding of authority, by what authority you're doing these things and who gave it to you, and the the love of the truth is what will equip you to carry that portion of the glory of God that's been assigned to you. Okay. What's, what's your opinion about, about the church like already opening? I'll give you a couple of teachings on it by Sam about whether or not we should be doing it. Uh, <clears throat> there's a there's a well, those things I listened to yesterday were those people who are anxious to get the world open again and those people who are trying to hold it back up. I mean, there's no doubt people need to be out having jobs, doing things. We, we're, there are a level of difficulties that are coming up because people are not able to get out and do their jobs. But in, in general, I don't think we can go back to where we were and just everything come on. And one of those is those uh those meetings you know they gave they have a they have a condition under which churches can meet i think two rows between you you got to have an empty pew and you got to have six feet on the sides whichever way you're going to do it um i think this exposes a bigger question Louis. Is the only place we can experience God, is it in those churches? How, how does the Holy Spirit work with it? I mean, can the, what, what you're describing there, what we're talking about is flesh and soul. And can the Holy Spirit work apart from that? Can, do we have to be in each other's presence in order for the Holy Spirit to work? And the truth is, no, we don't. Saul on the road to Damascus encountered the Lord Jesus Christ and couldn't see. He was struck blind, fell down, couldn't see. He could only hear His voice; was the only thing he get. And the people with him, you know, couldn't couldn't see or hear these things either. <clears throat> Our need to be in one another's Immediate proximity is not the truth. That is not. We've been we've grown up to think we do need that, and we think uh, strength comes in numbers. And we always, in fact, we we think the better the church, the better the preacher, the more numbers of people will have there. You know, and these things aren't true. They're just not true, and that's part of what God's revealing to us. Now, is it nice to be with among? Other believers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But is it necessary is the second question. And then I think the last thing that is exposed in that, or has been exposed by this process, are Christians who don't understand. That's why I said this element of authority. Don't understand authority. And here's their declaration. It's my right Together and they're talking about individual rights that are given in the, in the uh, Constitution or in the Bill of Rights, really. The truth is this. If God is sovereign, how many rights do I have? None. So, there, I, I mean, God's exposing, and I think he's probably working on it in us as the body of Christ to recognize his sovereignty because we really can't demand We have no right to demand, nor do we have any rights, if our God is sovereign. So we're kind of double-minded there. We as Americans love our God, but we love our rights. And we've got to to get that thing resolved. So I think this thing's being exposed so that the Holy Spirit can press on us and work on us in that area. The other thing is we know... um, The elderly are very susceptible. Most congregations have a large number of elderly. There is the thought that we'll gather as Christians. In the name of Christ, we'll gather in these things, and a hot spot will break out, and this thing will come back, and people will be hated because of what they did. That the world will hate the church because the church brought the coronavirus back by gathering together. You know, New Orleans caught a lot of flack because they they had the Mardi Gras, and out of that Mardi Gras is where all that uh, infection in in New Orleans came. We know New York just because there's so many people and on the subway and all that thing came up. But people are thinking that if we demand to meet as Christians in church on Sunday or whatever day you meet, <clears throat> that the world will grow to hate the believers because they, they reinfected the world with coronavirus. Now, that'll play out over time, but it's very likely when you get that many people together that you could start to spread, start a redistribution of that. And so, but I'm, I'm more concerned. I, I do think that's a real f- possibility. I'm more concerned that we as Christians aren't putting on display a total submission to authority because of our understanding of authority and the presence of Christ in us to say, yep, you guys are right. You're in, you're in charge. We'll do what you say. Okay? All right, let's go. Travis left because he thought it was time to go to work, so I guess we better go chase him. Talk to all of y'all soon.